Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. And it's time for us to shoot the flames. February style. Yeah, we are well on our way into 2021. We've got a new president and that's about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember February of 2020, right? I mean, I think in our last shooting the flames of February, we talked about how long January was and shit, right? Seems like 2021 is flying by. What sweet summer children we were back then. That's right. I know. A different time. Uh, How are you liking our new president? Uh, I mean, steady as she goes. The executive orders are flying around because that's, you know, precedent that we have now. (laughs) Mostly undoes. (laughs) Which was badly needed. I will say that just having a new president in office, like something happened on January the 20th and I (sighs) breathed this huge sigh of relief and, you know, like Trump was down in Florida without a, you know, without a fucking way to shit talk or whatnot. And I was like, okay, we can all move on now. It's time. Yeah. I was hoping that he would be fairly silent. I mean, obviously he's not on Twitter and I, no one else has, he's not, he just, he knowingly doesn't talk to the media besides Fox (laughs) news, besides randomly calling into Fox news. And now they don't give him the time of day, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, without Twitter or Fox, he's basically has no voice, no power. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he is quickly becoming a thing of the past, but you know, as soon as like, you know, the bans are lifted, you know, he's going to start making waves in the media again because he's a media darling, you know, that's, Jesus Christ. Well, that's wow. what gave him the presidency is the obsession with him in the media, you know, that's so, true. Whatever. I guess just, you know, for those of you who enjoy this quiet time with, with, without the former president, enjoy it for as long as it lasts. I'm certainly going to. Because well, I am. And you can tell that other people are like, what did, what did Fauci say? He was like, uh, oh, well, finally, I can talk about science, you know, and let the science speak uh-huh. for itself instead of having to, like, check every other word to see if I'm going to get, like, you know, reprimanded by the president for speaking out of turn or something. You know, he wasn't scared. You know, and all the other people, like, you know, our boy. Our transportation our secretary. secretary <laughs> Buttigieg. You know, Buttigieg is, uh, you know, you know, even all the Republicans were just like, you know, stamping approvals because it was such a breath of fresh air to listen to someone up for a position that actually knew what they were talking about. Yes. Direct quote. And, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of that throughout the government and media and stuff. And like, oh, this is what a press conference should be like. Oh, this is what, you know people that are up for jobs interviews should be like with the senate or whatever you know and confirmation hearings and and all this stuff and oh this is how things are supposed to work and <laughs> it's just like this weird breath of fresh air across the entire country at least systemically you know i mean yeah i completely agree i i, I pull up my news apps you know often throughout the day just because i'm some sort of like news junkie it's actually been very quiet right you're just like he signed some executive orders someone got appointed right and i'm like this is good it's not like hideous news from the government on top of hideous news from the pandemic now it's just hideous news from illness right so but although he's making headway in that too and i I appreciate that so it's been it's been very calm of course it's not over on on fox news you'd think the world is ending over there day one of presidency and four hundred thousand americans are dead from the coronavirus (laughs) (laughs) oh lord I don't know. And then I saw that they, someone had drafted some articles of impeachment about for, for Biden. Right. Yeah. And 
I was like, that's ridiculous. Oh, too, that but. was the one that was tweeting like, uh, you know, positions of, of where Nancy Pelosi was in the Capitol during the thing, you know, during the, the protest. And also during the inauguration, the entire world, you know, was covering the, in, the inauguration. Right. And Fox News is like, Seattle is tearing itself apart. And this is the liberal <laughs> insurrection. Literally, you go to foxnews.com and it said liberal insurrection. Good you know? God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that ended it with you know i think what three four arrests or something <laughs> nothing like the insurrection of, that actually happened on our nation's yeah, capital a little right? like some buildings were like damaged a little bit from like some little scuffles you know <laughs> a little kerfuffle threes and fours of people were arrested versus like the capital you know fives and sixes of people died you know and hundreds of people are being arrested you know so it's like fox you gotta like take a really good hard look in the mirror for real and you know end it end it all <laughs> just be done with it all <laughs> go back to australia i will say to you i mean like the uh the arrests have sort of like quieted down a little bit because they've you know arrested all the major people that we saw in those videos and on the news right yeah but uh anytime one of those insurrectionists were arrested i like got so happy deep inside i was like you have there are consequences to what your actions were and you know i'm sort of glad they're all facing it now yeah i don't know we'll just have to see what happens you know in the future i have high hopes for this presidency and vice presidency too so i'm, I'm super glad that we have a woman in power like this well so. there are circles of people i will say that are saying like all the people that went to the capitol you know they're on new fly lists and they're being treated like terrorists and you know they're being deplatformed and they're they're losing their jobs and everything else and they're getting arrested in some cases and and worse and charged and things like that and so there's some people that are worried that it's you know setting a precedent for cracking down to a to a really high level of people that are suspected or either are terrorists or suspected terrorists on on you know native soil and i don't know if it uh, agree with that because they're arresting the people that literally were breaking into the Capitol and trying to track down mm-hmm. like Nancy Pelosi and stuff. And, and they're not arresting these people willy nilly. They're not saying they're not on fly lists willy nilly. These people are unhinged and probably yeah. shouldn't be on an airplane, you know, a pressurized can, you know, thousands of feet above the <laughs> ground, you know, I don't know. So anyway, I, I don't know how I feel about all that, but we're going to see how it lands as usual. History is going to give us 2020 hindsight. Oh God, I can't say that anymore. Right. But you know what I mean. That's done. 2021 hindsight. Went to cr- coin a new <laughs> phrase. Something lasting and not as poetic. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we get into some of the comments that people have left on our episodes that we've oh. posted? Yeah, that's right. We're a horror podcast. That's right. And we're going to talk about some of our horror episodes, starting with Outtake 6.0. And first up is Dallas Renfer from Instagram saying... I listened to it at work and had to muffle my giggles. I've listened to it twice. Funniest thing I've heard in a while. Thank you, Dallas. And Kimberly over on Patreon said, I'm trying to listen to this while I work and it's not going well. I'm afraid I'll just think of Turkey. Seriously, I'm crying. I think that's the one takeaway line from the whole thing is our little I, back and forth about thinking of Turkey while, while having love sex. making. <laughs> Well, love making. That's yeah. right. <laughs> um, I really like that people are listening to our outtakes at work, though. Right? I mean, yeah. Are we so safe that you just listen to our podcast at work all the time, and then all of a sudden, like we say something hilarious, and you just look like a fool? Yeah, we're like we're that. responsible for almost getting people fired now, and like ruining like laptops and equipment. And mm-hmm. so. it's a badge that I like. 
honor. Yes, honestly. I wear that proudly. <laughs> so, sorry, listeners, for your jobs and your equipment. <laughs> but we're not going to stop being funny, damn it. And from our episode Up in Flames 2020 in review, Nikki, also from Patreon, said, I love when you help replenish our watch list. We recently watched Scare Me, which I loved, but my husband fell asleep, and The Dark, and, and The Dark and the Wicked, which we both loved. Great suggestions. Well, you're welcome. Oh, thank you, Nikki. Uh, Dallas Renfro from Instagram also on this episode uh, commented, my three standouts for the year were The Invisible Man, Host, and Amulet. Amulet is my number one. I have not seen that. I haven't seen it either, but I read really good things about it throughout the year, and I know that it has a really high like tomato meter score, so it's something that we're probably going to check out. For some reason I thought I looked it up and it said like 2018 or 19 or something. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure that it had some like festival viewings and things like that, but I think that its its major release was 2020 for sure because okay. it was on a lot of top ten lists last year. Okay. Brandon from Facebook said, "Great episode, so much to look forward to in 2021. Hopefully, you guys will have a lot to talk about. We always have a lot to talk about. We will trust us, but we are looking forward to 2021 movies for sure. Yeah." We had a special comment and reshare of our little info, a graphic of our top 10 movies that we released on to all of our social media. And that was from one of the movies that was on the list. And that was 1BR. And they said this just in a special thanks to Chris and Robert from the Film Flamers for including us on their best horror movies of 2020 list. We appreciate the love. Please give their great podcast a listen. Thanks, gentlemen. Well, thank you. That's right. So I think this is probably the first time that we've put a movie on a list and the movie has retweeted us for it. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty exciting. Yeah. At Itza Mario said, I love the films I've seen out of your top 10, so I can only assume the same for the ones I haven't. Well, let us know. Yeah, for sure. We always want to know what you guys think about the movies that we recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Erica from the Customers Also Watch podcast said, Hard disagree on The Dark and the Wicked, but glad to see Swallow on your list, Robert. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like The Dark and the Wicked, I don't know if it's splitting people, but it feels like a good third of people that watch that absolutely despise it. Yeah, I mean, like, I know it's kind of slow, right? But I, I felt like it had enough scares in the middle of those slow moments to like really hold your attention. I think it's a great movie. But again, I mean, like you don't have to like everything, you know? And so, Erica, I, I still like your, your judgment yeah. on film. And I would agree that Dark and the Wicked is not as accessible as some of the others on the list, for sure. I feel like if you're already kind of like in an impatient or bad mood or or something else is going on or whatever then it's just not going to click but it's like you have to have like nothing else going on in your life in that moment <laughs> to really like get into dark and the wicked so for real maybe two-thirds of us that really enjoyed it just have no lives and you do so you know well and i want to know why you didn't like it why is it such a hard disagree yeah. in all caps you know so like tweet at us and let us know what you didn't like about it and we'll talk about it on the next year in the flames for real at gummy fredo said at the film flamers ew the Dark and the Wicked fucking scared me, bitch. I said, <laughs> okay, let me let me see what these two are going on about. I was not ready. I had my face half covered, begging the characters to leave. Ugh, it got me. And that's exactly how I felt going to be afraid of. I was scared of shit in that movie. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy that I ended up watching that. And I think it's one of the ones, like, it doesn't, ha- I feel like it doesn't happen that often. But I feel like with Scare Me and, like, The Dark and the Wicked, those are two that I actually suggested to you for once. That's yeah. right. So, mm-hmm. 
I feel partially and I I watched them like right after you said so, and I loved them both. So you know what? I guess keep the recommendations coming. I should probably listen to my friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we had a deep dive episode on The Shining, and we got a lot of comments about it. And the first one is coming from Brandon over on Patreon. He says, "Ah, one of my first exposures to horror. I remember watching as a young boy and being very confused about the puppy costume moment in the movie. Years later, when I realized what was happening, it just Disturb me more. A furry, I am not, lol. Also, watching years later, you can really see the psychological torment Shelley Duvall was experiencing by Kubrick. Whether it makes for a great performance or is just an example of a woman being abused by a misogynistic director captured forever on cinema can be debated. Either way, it can be difficult to watch within the lens of 2021. Lastly, please do a Halloween episode about The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes. Well, I think we're definitely have to now because so many people just latched on to that idea that I think it's inevitable. I think 2021 October is going to have a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode. I mean, don't twist my arm. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> at Itza Mario said, nice. I had no idea about the different versions of The Shining. I just checked and my DVD, which is in four by three aspect ratio, says 115 minutes while my blu-ray that came with dr sleep director's cut says 144 minutes so almost 30 minutes extra yes that's correct also jack nicholson playing jack torrance as crazy from the start as well as his character in one flew over the cuckoo's nest i had trouble with both portrayals as far as adaptions go though i've been able to separate the shining film from the book it took me a long time to separate the shining movie from the shining book but I'm, i think i'm finally at a place in my life where i've made peace with both right so i can enjoy them separately but yeah i mean i i get it it took me a little bit at matthew t mchenry said at the film flamers great shining episode my sister's name is wendy and she said the staircase bat scene traumatized her the first time she watched also at writing man 26 and i scare each other while playing midnight the stars and you randomly in our apartment nice what a wonderful relationship y'all have i love this <laughs> just don't play tiptoe through the tulips oh my god so randomly somebody at work came into my office today and he was playing with his phone and that song started to play and i was just like i'd rather you not play that it scares me so he played it again <laughs> yeah kimberly from patreon said poor shelly duvall had ptsd from filming the shining yet it remains in my top 10 list please do a treehouse of horror episode okay <laughs> yeah we already kind of agreed <laughs> So yeah, we'll do that. Looking forward to it for sure. Nikki over on Patreon said, Never did I think a horror movie didn't have to scare me. Maybe my definition of scare is open-ended, but if it makes me physically uncomfortable, I consider it horror. That comment gave me a lot to think about. Yeah, that's what we're here for. That's right. So I think she's talking about, uh, we had a conversation about uh, your sister saying that, you know, being scared by a movie is sort of like a, a way of her to, to judge as whether or not it's a horror film, right? Or whether it's a good or effective horror film specifically, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel that way, really. And I'm, I'm, I think here at the Film Flamers, we, we talk about horror adjacency enough and we can sort of find the horror in things no matter what, that we don't really have to be scared by it. This is why we asked that question. But um yeah. I tend to be scared all the time. So I, yeah, I don't really get that. And I know a lot of people do that. So I'm just different, I guess it's subjective and we recognize that. But at the same time, it's like, I don't judge any other movie that way. You know, it's like, why would I watch a movie? And it's like, well, if I watch this comedy and I don't laugh out loud, or if I don't, if I watch this rom-com and I'm not crying or something, it's like, I, 
I don't know. I don't experience emotions that way. And so I'm just like, I could be amused by something and be just as happy without, you know, uproariously laughing. I don't know. You know, it's like, it's whether it was good or not entertaining or not. Did it keep my focus and attention? You know, am I passionate about having watched it? You know, those are the things that I think about. Yeah. And I mean, the same, I'll, I'll watch a, a drama or a comedy or whatever, and I, I will gladly sit down and tell somebody why it's a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's horror in lots of different situations. So I'm glad that, you know, it gave you a lot to think about. And again, we'd like to know, you know, more about your thoughts. And as we ignore all those comments about Shelley Duvall, we're skipping to our episode on Dr. Sleep. <laughs> That's okay. We responded enough in that episode, didn't we? we did. I felt like we did. <laughs> Yeah, I think we have to keep talking about it. Should we torture? I went back and I watched. I watched um, Kubrick's daughter's film, where all this stuff comes from, and I'm kind of on the fence after watching it. And I'm like, Shelley Duvall might have been a little bit of a diva and not really all mentally there, especially considering her mental state today compared to everyone else that was involved. Well, I think the general consensus is that Stanley Kubrick ruined her. Well, she was like, <laughs> so, I'm losing chunks of hair. We even said she was losing her hair and stuff, you know, because it's part of yeah. the, and She's like, I'm losing chunks of hair. And she she shows up her, her hand to Kubrick and he takes one hair from her hand. <laughs> and he's like chunks i see you know (laughs) this is in the documentary and she's like see it's coming out and she's like raking her hair with her fingers to get more hair out of it (laughs) okay no i certainly need to watch that anyway from our deep dive of dr sleep brandon from patreon said great movie and as you talk about painfully underrated it really does a great job of being a sequel to both the book and movie version of the shining and that torture scene is really gut-wrenching that was probably the hardest scene to watch of any horror movie i've seen in quite a while here here i mean I, i think it's pretty obvious that me and chris really enjoy dr sleep and um, we're glad that other people also find it, you know, good and, and realize that it's underrated. So thank you for that comment. And that that scene is pretty gut wrenching. I mean, we talked a lot about it. Yeah. So we also got a voicemail from Kimberly about our Dr. Sleep episode. And here it is. Well, hi there. This is Kimberly. Uh, just got done listening to Dr. Sleep. Absolutely loved the movie. Loved your take on it. Um, it's probably now listed in one of my top 10 favorite horror movies. Um, I love the uh, analogies that Stephen King puts in his stories for childhood trauma, abuse and neglect. And um, this one obviously uh, fits the bill for that. Um, And uh, I think we all have a little bit of shine that gets tamped down by life and fear and experience. And uh, anyway, just wanted to say hi, and I loved it. Love the movie. Um, let me know where we can get the director's cut. Okay, bye. Well, hi there, Kimberly. <laughs> well, hi there. That was a really good well hi there, too. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, we agree. We talked a little bit about the analogy, um, you know, of addiction and childhood trauma and stuff like that in the episode. And uh, a little bit of in The Shining as well. As far as the director's cut, we did link to the director's cut at the top of the show notes of Doctor Sleep episode. You can also watch the director's cut on Amazon Prime, which is what our link goes to. And then you can also watch it on HBO Max. And we encourage anybody who hasn't seen Doctor Sleep to go 
to our show notes and click that link and watch it. Like you really need to see this movie for sure. Yeah. And we know that most people don't go to the show notes if they're just listening to a podcast. But if you ever wonder about a link to a movie or uh, our lists or links to our social or letterbox page or anything like that, they're all in the show notes, including your names if you're a patron. So uh, check that right. out. And I mean, I, I kind of like what she said about everybody having a shine before it's sort of tamped down by life. Right. You know, and that that's. It's a pretty special comment. I like that. Thank you for that voicemail, Kimberly. From our Shooting the Flames episode from January, just last month, Nikki said, I clarify my comments on white noise. The movie isn't that old, but now the graphics and reveal for the th- for a thriller have to be so much bigger to make an impact on the viewer. I enjoyed it, but wasn't wowed by the ending. Nikki, we totally get it. I mean, and I, d- I don't want to feel like we called you out for that because... Obviously, that's the case, especially since Chris and I just watched Children of the Corn for our flashback on Patreon last month. <laughs> so, and yeah, some people really don't like downer endings either. And White Noise certainly has a downer ending. Uh, as far sure. as the ending ending, like the actual very end, I actually really love it because you get to see that subtle, you know, all those subtle shadows kind of flying across the ground as a, like an end teaser. And it always creeped me the fuck out. And I really like the ending of that movie where that little boy is like listening to his yeah. father speak on the radio and smiles for a little bit. Right. I think it's a good ending, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's right. Like, obviously, we've made giant leaps in filmmaking since white noise came out and we continue to do so so yeah it's um we weren't calling you out nikki but thanks for the clarification Eddie Tamario says, Welcome back. There's a fascinating chat between Mick Garris and Mike Flanagan in which they discuss, among other things, the decision to get the other directors involved in Bly Manor. I thought it might be of interest to you both as Flanifans. Flanifans. <laughs> what did I say in the other thing? I don't Flan- Flanagan fan? I don't know. Fan- Flanagans? Fanagans of the Flanagan? <laughs> Something like that. Flanagan. Flanifans. Flanifans. It's pretty succinct. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think that's on a, his podcast, the McGarris podcast. So I need to listen to that episode because I always enjoy listening to Mike Flanagan talk too. Yeah, so. yeah, we definitely need to check that out. Next up is a voicemail from again Kimberly, and uh, here it is. Hey guys, it's Kimberly, one of your friendly Patreons. Um, just a couple of things I wanted to comment on. Um, so the um, shooting the flames from November when it came to sinister, um, I kind of sounded. Uh, like an epic bitch, and I'm really not, so sorry about that. I'm, I'm actually quite a nice person. Um, and then also I wanted to thank you for the Christmas outtakes. I listened to it yesterday during and after all of the craziness that happened in D.C. Um, I kind of have a uh, figurative hangover from that, and um, I wanted to thank you uh, for providing such great content and making me laugh all the time, and it was uh, sorely needed therapy yesterday. Um so keep up the good work. Love you guys. Bye. You don't sound like a bitch. You sound delightful, right? I mean, I I know the comment she's talking about from Sinister because she because it was recently like scientifically quote unquote voted the most you know the scariest movie ever, right? And she disagreed with that, and I think a lot of people do. Including us. So, <laughs> yeah, I think we also experienced a little touch of a hangover. No, I think it was from the Exorcist that, that still. DC moment. I think it was still the Exorcist, right? Sinister was like in the top ten or something, and we were just like, what? No, Sinister was number one. Are you kidding? <laughs> God, yes. I've erased it from yeah. my memory. But yeah, I'm you know, I'm glad people are waiting like 
you know, like listen to these episodes in your own time. Right. And so she didn't listen to the episode on Christmas, which, you know, who the fuck had that time for that, but we wanted to drop it on Christmas anyway, you know? And so we're glad that people are like waiting for a time when they need it, you know, especially for those outtakes, you know? So if it lifted your spirits during the whole DC retardedness, you know, that we had to all witness, then, you know, great. I'm so glad that it helped. And you know what? There's a note that I wanted to actually give to everyone that's listening to this is that, you know, don't feel like our episodes like go out of date or anything. Like we stand by our deep dives and, and hot takes and things like that that came out years ago. So feel free, like go back and listen to old episodes and comment on them, leave voicemails on them. We're not going to shy away from, you know, reading your comments about really old episodes. And we're only a, like a barely a three-year-old podcast, right? So you know, mm-hmm. feel free to do that. That's right. We have been known to get some random comments on very old episodes, and we will always put them in Shooting the Flames. So, I mean, once the conversation has started, it continues. Yep. So go and listen whenever you want to. Revisit if you want to. And if, you had, if you've if you listened to it like two or three times and you have a comment now, that's great. Go back and watch Copycat. So, Let us know how shitty we sound. I- <laughs> I mean, that's fine too. We can talk about our progression as a podcast because we're much better now, right? Hopefully. And also, I fully encourage everyone to listen to Copycat anyway and watch it. So we have no questions, we have no new patrons, and we have no reviews this month. (laughs) So we're feeling kind of lonely. Yeah, actually, so same as we said last month, we haven't had a review over on Apple Podcasts or iTunes since September of 2020. We're in a brand new year and still no reviews. So I'm not sure what's going on over there. I, I went up to like, iTunes today for our podcast. And it was taking forever to load. So maybe it's an Apple issue. I doubt it's it. It's possible. They they also just like... <laughs> or people just on, on the last reviews. We can blame Apple, really, because they have a whole like iOS redo, right? And the podcast app on Apple now just sucks ass. I can't stand it. For the first time, I'm actively looking for a different podcast app to listen to my podcasts on. Yeah. <laughs> they just screwed the pooch on that one, for real. So we can say that. But you know what? It's still a thing. So go leave us a review. We want to read them on Shooting the Flames, and it really helps us out a lot. Yep. Also, we do, as usual, need to shout out our patrons at the Film Flamer tier or higher, and that would be Ben, Penelope, and Amber. So thank you so, so much for your continued support. We love you. That's right. And if you want to join them, head over to patreon.com slash filmflamers and get all the information. Horror News. So john carpenter is going to be joining the ranks of the podcast world and he is going to be producing a audio horror podcast series that's sort of like you know dramas radio plays right but from a horror perspective that's so interesting to me i cannot wait for that especially because he does such great music and he continually releases music and i love it that's right. I know the music has to be like so good in these. I cannot wait to listen to them. And also, I mean, he really knows how to craft a good story. And I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of like the, the dramatic like podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. But if anyone can get me into it, I think John Carpenter can. Yeah. So. Next up, Hulu is planning to air and did the Duplass Brothers documentary about the murderous Sasquatch. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw this in there because I like Sasquatch. And I was reading this article and apparently there's like a 25-year-old unsolved murder case that people are attributing to Sasquatch. Okay. And so I'm super excited to watch this documentary series as to why people think Sasquatch murdered someone. <laughs> 
So, hmm. well, I'm looking forward to anything about Sasquatch. We don't get enough Sasquatch for real. I think it's sort of like underused, right? Although that that book that Max Brooks wrote about Sasquatch came out last year, so they're going to make a movie of that. But I mean, if we had this coming out and then maybe that movie, it'd be an embarrassment of riches as far as Sasquatch is concerned. <laughs> but I've got to know how and why Sasquatch killed this person. <laughs> so, looking forward to it. So, thank you, Hulu. So what's next? <laughs> what's next? Ta-da. Sorry. <laughs> so what's next? Well, ta-da. <laughs> it has been announced that James Wan's new movie, Malignant, has received an official R rating, which I am very happy about because recently he's made like Fast and the Furious 7 and Aquaman, like, you know, maybe some horror adjacency there, but definitely PG-13 territory. God. And he's back to horror with a hard R rating. It's rated R for like gruesome horror violence and images and language. You know, I've never been a huge fan of the Fast and Furious series. It's not up my specific alley. They look... I've never seen a one. I guess. There's a lot of people that really like, and famous people that really dig like Tokyo Drift and like shit like that. So, I don't know, but I I did watch Aquaman and it was way better than it deserved to be. (laughs) <laughs> I think I even told you that you should watch it because it has some really cool cinematography in it uh, from yeah, like monsters and, and torches and, right? and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's like some beautiful like monster uh, cinematography. Anyway, so um, yeah, I don't know what Malignant's about, but I'm super happy that James Wan is returning to horror and obviously it's an R rating and I'm questioning why this is even a story. Well, I mean, because he's holding it very close to the chest, right? And so like, it's it's an original screenplay for him, right? And he is very proud of it. And um, he described it as sort of Giallo-esque, right? Which really mm. piques my interest, right? But also, I mean, we know this movie's coming out this year for sure. It's not going to be pushed back. It's part of the HBO Max lineup, right? And so we we have some James, James Wan coming. We know it's going to be like a really good return to horror for him. And I'm like i'm super excited to to see it awesome hopefully they don't make any trailers just drop it on hbo max and just leave it (laughs) alone we're gonna watch it regardless so what else so for our last item is actually something we should have mentioned last month but there's a new alien series planned for fx and hulu thank god because i need some more alien i do too but the first I looked at this and I was just like, why? Right. Just give us another, the, the freaking Neil Blomkamp, like alien sequel that we wanted with Sigourney fucking Weaver, you know, yeah. but actually I'm kind of getting a little hopeful because Noah Hawley is that to be the showrunner. Right. And he did, uh, or he's been at least a writer on like Legion Fargo bones. And I don't know if he show ran Legion. Hopefully not. I don't know. Legion was a little weird to me. Uh, there was parts of it that were really, really good. And parts of it just was like, what? So um, I don't know. Someone that's a competent writer is doing this. So I'm looking forward to that. And also Ridley Scott is in talks to executive produce. I still have not seen Raised by Wolves. I plan to, though, because now I have access to HBO Max. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. I know, but it's sort of high on my list. I think I that's like after Lovecraft Country as far as HBO Max series go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But uh, is there any talk of Sigourney fucking Weaver making an appearance in this series? Is not there, that like, I've rumors read. or anything? Okay. Wow. I just read the headlines. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we can only hope. Yeah. Right. Coming soon. So, for the first time in like two Shooting the Flames episodes, we have a whole list of trailers to talk about. It's been like a dearth of trailers for a while, but here we are. And the first one is for the new CBS series, Clarice. 
I don't know where to put my emotions on this. I really want to watch it. And I didn't know where to put my emotions when it was first announced. I don't like big recastings right? of iconic characters. Like, it was iconically played by Jodie Foster. And Hannibal was iconically played by Anthony Hopkins. I did enjoy the fuck out of Hannibal's show, that said. You know, so maybe this will be like a continuation. It'll be Clarissa's story. I wonder if um, the actor that played Hannibal in the Hannibal show will be a part of this. Or if it's the same type of production. I don't know. I mean, we have to wait and see. All those people went on to, but to do like American Gods and stuff. So I, I liked this trailer. Like I, I thought that that actress was doing a, a pretty good job in this trailer, and they could have just cut her greatest hits or whatever to put into it. But I, I'm kind of interested to see where Clarice's story goes, and I, I really enjoy that they have like kept some of the characters from Silence of the Lambs, like her, her roommate friend, right? And I. I want to see what's happening because they seem to be continuing the idea that, you know, as a woman, she's being, you know, a second officer, right? No matter what she did to gain the recognition that happened in Sons of the Lamb. So I think it's going to be good, honestly, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to debut on CBS and CBS All Access, I think, on February the 11th. What really pisses me off is that we still don't have, you know, season three on Netflix of that one show by the the first FBI profilers that we love so much. Mindhunter? Yeah. yeah. David Fincher's show? Yeah. It'll, it's probably never going to happen. And I don't know if that's like, if he's happy about that or what. Because I know that Netflix said that, you know, it's too much money, but bullshit. I think it's much cheaper to make that than some of the shows that they're producing right well, now. They're so certainly never going to be another Crystal. So. <laughs> Mindhunter forever. Next up is... Uh, you know, a video on demand is called Willie's Wonderland, and it looks like it's uh, another like Night at Freddy's type of spinoff type of situation. Five Nights at Freddy's. But this yeah, one for just sure. looks incredible. Honestly, it just looks incredibly funny. I have to watch it. it has Nicolas Cage in it. Oh, my God. And it, he sort of seems like he's doing this like silent performance where he just shows up to like clean some haunted, abandoned you know, showbiz Chuck E. Cheese kind of place and all the animatronics come to life. But... Yeah, I mean, if you've seen the trailer, and we'll link to it in the show notes, uh, <clears throat> he sort of like beats an animatronic character to death with a like stick yeah. or something like He's that. He's really so. building a library of like off kilter, off color, like art house horror movies. So it's really yeah. interesting that his career has taken this turn i may not like all the movies that he's in and these art 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 house off kilter horror movies but i certainly like the direction his you know career is I, I didn't like so. the first one of the series that he's done I, I have not seen color out of space because i didn't like the first one what was it called mandy mandy and yeah. so but this one looks good so i don't know people liked color out of space so i'll have to watch that yeah it's a, it's on my list people also like for mandy. the same reasons <laughs> Yeah, for, for the same reasons, it wasn't like high on my list to watch last year because I didn't like Mandy either. So, but um, we'll see. I I really like Five Nights at Freddy's, and I'm waiting for that movie to come out, and this will be a really good placeholder in the meantime. <laughs> so, and yet again, all of these trailers are linked to in our show notes. So check those out. That's right. And next up on these trailers is a movie called The Sinners. Do you remember no. this one? <laughs> or the next? Or the next? So. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I always I always forget to I've been forgetting lately to watch the fucking trailers again. Well, 
So the center seems to be about a group of girls in this town who, you know, are like playing against their religious rules and just being, you know, sort of like a mean clique. And they take a prank on a girl a little too far and it comes back to haunt them in the form of some sort of like slashery aspect. Yeah, I don't know how on board I am with this, but it looks, I don't know. So by the numbers. Yeah, I mean, like, I sometimes I'll throw these trailers on the docket, right? Just because they look so silly, <laughs> right? I mean, and like, honestly, I'd probably rather watch The Craft if I was going to watch a movie about, well, like, like, you know, let's girls on the fringes bad of high girls. school society. And I'm just like, no, don't. <laughs> like, we saw that in The Craft, and they tried to do it, and they tried and failed utterly. And you know what? Just, just let them just stop it. Just do something new. Well, these girls, the sinners, are not going to let them, you know, literally you stop them. They're going to do all these things, and I'll probably end up watching it. Maybe anyway. it'll be great, and this is a really shitty trailer, but who knows? It was a pretty bad trailer. So. Next up, we've got another video on demand coming out on February 9th called Sacrifice. Oh, God, and now it's my turn to completely forget exactly what this Shit. is. So this is the and- Norwegian version of Midsummer, basically, right? So after his mother's death, this character called Isaac and his pregnant wife return to their birthplace on a remote Norwegian island to claim unexpected inheritance. During their visit, the couple discovered dark secrets from Isaac's past. Their pleasant trip quickly turns into a nightmare when Isaac and his wife encounter a sinister cult that worships a sea-dwelling deity. So it's like a cross between Midsummer and Lovecraft. Yeah. Well, and this is based on Lovecraft, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, it's it's one of his like short stories. So it's Lovecraft all over this. And it has Barbara Crampton in it too, which is like horror royalty. Mm-hmm. So I know people are looking forward to this movie. And again, I'll probably watch it too, right? Just because I love Barbara Crampton. So it's, it'll be on VOD February the 9th. And next up, we've got The Reckoning, which is the period drama by uh, Neil Marshall, who actually did The Descent, if you recall, which we need to deep dive at some point, obviously. That's and he right, also yeah. did a lot of uh, dr- uh, Game of Thrones episodes, right? And so, uh, yeah, this looks actually like it could be really good. And so I'm, I wasn't too impressed or intrigued by the story in the trailer, but it looks really, really well done and well acted. So I'm hoping that the movie is excellent. So, but it looks like it could be. So last up in our list of trailers is Godzilla versus Kong. And oh my God, how much do we not care about this? <laughs> I don't <laughs> So this is another HBO Max release. So we're definitely getting Kong, although it's already been pushed back a week, yeah. like as of today. Well, I, I like the last one, and that was done by the same, what, uh, Doherty, who did Trick or Treat, etc. Mm-hmm. Mike Doherty. Doherty. And yeah. so I actually liked the last one. You know, it was, it was a Godzilla movie. It was good. You know, uh, this is Godzilla versus Kong. It looks really really fucking stupid you know but it looks pretty it does look pretty and mike doherty just wrote this one somebody else is directing this time so we'll see what happens but i watched this trailer and my immediate thought was why does there have to be people i'm like just take the people out of it and let me watch like two monsters <laughs> fight and i'm perfectly fine two with hours that. of monsters fighting yes i mean like this seems logical right i don't have to have a reason why and i don't need the people commenting just do a short film yeah <laughs> just like a we don't need all the fucking like string of poorly acted drama between just you know give us like a, just different fights and scenarios and clips you know i will say that <laughs> 
We'll say that Kong Skull Island was was a very good movie and Godzilla King of Monsters was also good. But again, I just wanted the people out of it. I just wanted to see the different monsters like rising from the earth. Right. And so I don't, I don't know. I will watch this. I'm looking forward to it. I like to see monsters fight it out. But I swear to God, if Godzilla and King Kong become friends at the end of it, I'm going to vomit everywhere. <laughs> you know, that's the inevitable conclusion. That's right. There's going to be like a bigger threat. We're going to have to fight like the six-headed monster Hydra or whatever. Or like Mechagodzilla (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) The Power Rangers. (laughs) I don't want want any of that to happen. Like someone has to die at the end of this movie. I'm tired of these versus movies where like either it's some sort of wash or they're like friendly by the end of it. When we know damn well that would never happen. Well, this conversation life. has made me realize the kind of monster movie that I'm going to make. If I'm going to make a giant monster movie, it is going to be from the perspective of the giant monster. And it's all going to be done with visual storytelling. And you're just going to see like the humans like react in like escalating ways throughout the movie. And mm-hmm. you're not going to have any dialogue other than like incidental people screaming on the streets, you know, but no, it's going to be completely different and it's going to win Oscars. It's going to be great. I mean, that sounds wonderful and I want to be a part of it. The only thing that I want to add is that we have to have the score be pop songs done in like a string quartet style. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's my only contribution to any film. <laughs> Godzilla rises from the depths. But it's really set to like Britney Spears' is Toxic uh, to, with a string quartet style. You know what I mean? So I mean, like... Uh. There it is. You know? <laughs> but the backup singer still say toxic. Oh, but, you know, Godzilla's singing toxic. Or King Kong. Yeah, okay. Whatever. It's fine. Well, I think that just about wraps up our Shooting the Flames episode. As always, we want to know what you think about like the horror news and the trailers, and we want to read your comments on all of our episodes. You can find us on social media at the Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com, or better yet, call our hotline, just like Kimberly did twice this time around and we love it give us three next time that's right thank you and uh you could do so at 972-666-7733 like we said earlier we didn't get any reviews on this episode to read so head over to apple Podcasts or itunes and leave us a five-star review and a little snippet of why you like us and we'll read it on the next show that is basically the most you could do to help us out outside of becoming a patron which you can do at patreon.com slash the film flamers and become a patron for as little as two dollars a month you will get access to all of our bonus content as well as access to all of our regular episodes sometimes weeks in advance and over on patreon this month our bonus episode is going to be something you've been trying to get me to watch for almost the entirety of our friendship if not the entirety of our yep, friendship. he has never seen the bbc version of pride and prejudice and it's not horror at all but i'm gonna make him do it anyway and we're gonna record our reactions to it and record his reaction to it and it's going to be wonderful if you guys haven't seen pride and prejudice on the bbc version then uh, go check it out if you want to listen to that episode go over to patreon like we said and uh, become part of our family that's right we did mention on episode once and i was called out by multiple people for not having seen it <laughs> we are going to turn around and in i think april march or april we're actually going to be uh covering pride and prejudice and zombies as a follow-up so there is a method to our madness well chris talking about all those trailers made me a little sleepy so i think it's time to go off and have some sweet dreams